We're back. We're here with Brian Mancini, who is a veteran of the Middle East, uh, who was severely wounded, and uh, is now, took him three years to recover from his injuries, and he is now helping other veterans. And uh, I got all kinds of questions to ask you. Um, so you were in the Army, or you were special, special forces, special unit? Nope, not in special forces. I was uh, just a regular regular uh, army medic. Um, a medic. Yep, absolutely. Uh, my last duty station with, was with uh, the Big Red One, 1st Infantry Division, yep. uh, during the surge in 2007. Uh, okay. Yep. Yeah, the Big Red One's famous for North Africa and Normandy. And... Yep, they have a, they have a, a long history in, in, in our nation's history, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, Big Red One. Um, I think there was a movie a few years ago on the Big Red One. Of course, the movies are never like what it's really like. Uh, they never are, that's for sure. <laughs> so uh, what? Uh, how long had you been in the Army? Um, I joined in 98 and uh, was retired, medically retired in 2011. Um, had a combination of active duty and National Guard time when it was all said and done. Uh, right around 12 years, 8 months active so duty service. So you continued to serve after you were patched up? Um, well, I uh, I did... From 98 to 2002, I was active duty, and then I got out, and I started going to college. And then that's kind of when all the conflicts kicked off yeah. heavily and uh, decided uh, to go back uh, to go in and serve in some capacity, and I joined the National Guard. I subsequently stayed activated for roughly the next five years yeah, wow. in the National Guard and uh, did a tour um, in combat with a military police company out of uh, Arizona. And then I joined back on active duty, and uh, and then— and then went deployed with uh, the 1st Infantry Division. Uh-huh. Uh, do you happen to know uh, 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 Colonel Sunt, Clint Sunt? Do you happen to know him? I'm not sure. Yeah, he, no, he was, so. uh, a good, he's a good friend of mine. He just retired from the Arizona National Guard. He's been over there several times. I, I think he was in an artil- uh, engineering, engineering unit. Sure. Uh, and uh, I think some artillery. Would those two go together? Uh, well, there was a lot of different operations that were going on in theater yeah. at the time, and and we always, you know, uh, our engineers, uh, God bless them, they uh, help clear our roads and, yeah. and allow us to uh, move from point A to point B when yeah. we were in, in theater. And uh, yeah, they're they're great people, and uh, they they work hard, and uh, they bared the burden of uh, of the war. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, uh, people say this is a common thing. People say, oh, if I'd have known then what I know now, I'd have never done that. How, what do you what do you think about that? I think that's impossible. I think uh, I, pre- know, I appreciate that response. <laughs> <laughs> I think, especially part of our, our walk and our journey. I know for me personally, you learn and God teaches you uh, in every moment uh, of every circumstance. And I think um, we're supposed to learn what we're supposed to learn in each moment, uh, and continue to try to grow and uh, follow what God puts on our heart. So I. You know, I don't, reg- I don't have any regrets. Um, I believe that I'm absolutely doing what I am now um, because of my past previous experiences. And uh, God has this amazing way to kind of tie in everything that we are together and using them for his purpose once, yeah. uh, once we surrender that. Yeah. You know, I have this life message. Uh, there, there are dumb things that Christians believe. I wrote a book about that, actually. And uh, one of the dumb things is, if I'm in the perfect will of God, everything is going to work out just great. <laughs> you know, and so people, Christians, uh, Christians try to figure out exactly what God wants them to do, because, you know, if you're not in the perfect will of God, he might slap you down. But, you know, don't get married, because that may be the perfect will of God, but it's not going to be perfect. 
That's why we say to couples, it's for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, because you never know really what's going to happen in the future. And I think when you look back and you say, well, if I'd have known then what I know now, I wouldn't have done this. It's, it's in some ways, it's a some, it's somewhat of a godless statement. You have to press forward with your life no matter what happens, believing that God's going to meet you wherever you are. Absolutely. And let me share a, uh, kind of an intimate moment Please. that I had on the battlefield uh, that kind of is in reference to that. I, um, when I got hit in 2007, July 23rd, uh, I, I grew up here. Um, my parents uh, were kind of the byproduct of a lot of addiction, abuse, and a broken family, and I was the oldest. And I had some amazing people that were uh, in my life. The Reeds and the Thurmans uh, came around me as a young man and, and introduced me to uh, God and Christ early on. And um, so there was always a presence. But when I got uh, 18 and I left the house and I was a healthy, good-looking young man, and I started going out into the world and living the way uh, I wanted to live like many of us do, um, but always kind of having that sin consciousness. And then when I got hit on the battlefield, um, I was always praying throughout this whole journey that God continued to make me the man that he wanted me to be. And I had seen the people that he put in my life. And obviously we have our own free will and, you know, we try to get out there and figure it out on our own. And, and sometimes it takes uh, different things to wake us up. But I got hurt in 2007 and on the battlefield, as I was fighting for my life, I was choking on my blood, choking on my teeth. I remember having a very intimate prayer with the Lord, and it was, Lord, I've always uh, known of you, and I've always known of the love and, and the grace of your son and what he did for us. Um, I've been kind of living my life according to my own will. I said, you know, in that moment, I said, if you can forgive this sinner, um, please forgive me and accept me into your kingdom if that's your will. If not, um, please uh, use this according to, to what you want, done with it, and uh, and. I have had an amazing journey since then. It has been uh, uh, full of trials and tribulations. It's been full of surrenders. It's mm-hmm. been full of um, surgeries and losing uh, a wife and a children. And, and in 13 years, I had made Sergeant First Class E7, which is, as far as career progression, was pretty successful. I had that's, lost a career. The highest you can go is e, E9, right? Correct, E9. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, way up there. Yeah, so uh, I had built a lot of things in my early life, had a lot of successes, but, um, you know, in a weird way, I was stripped, and I was humbled, and then I was forced to surrender. Yeah. And in, that, in those moments, um, really, God really spoke to me and uh, really kind of uh, whispered things into my heart during that process. And um, I really feel like I was uh, spared to do and understand what I'm doing now, serving veterans, and uh, I get out there every day. Uh, to fight the pain, fight the emotional stress, the physical stress, the financial stress, and, and just try to show up every day where God has me show up and do his will. Ryan, I, I, well, I'm going to mention this a couple of times. You have a website? Absolutely. It's called uh, thehonorhouse.org. Thehonorhouse.org. The honor and uh, I just want to mention, Brian does a lot of public speaking, and uh, I've heard him. It's just He's just compelling. And if you have any way, any interest in having him speak, uh, your community organization or your church, uh, he will just really touch people's hearts. I mean that, man. I appreciate it. Well, <laughs> God, it's, it's all glory to God, and, and I'm glad that, uh, that he's using me and I'm alive to do that. And uh, if you love veterans, you may want to, you know, I don't know if I'm even supposed to do this, but I, I think it's okay. If you love veterans and, and you really want to support guys who are trying to find their way back into real life, um, you go on his website, and I'm sure there's a place to donate. 
Absolutely. Uh, Thehonorhouse.org. There's uh, many different ways to donate. You can click on the donate button and, and walk through it. So what do you do? Um, so you, you take guys. Do you take guys to the shooting range like uh, Chris Kyle? Chris Kyle. <laughs> no, we uh, <laughs> we've learned unfortunately through his life that lesson, to, and we've uh, on quite frankly, honestly, had that conversation. We made the decision to stay away from doing that. Um, I do believe that there's a place for that in, in in the healing process, and I do believe a lot of the personalities that go into the military, military like the outdoors and stuff. But um, where we're meeting the guys at, we we stay away from that. And uh, what we how we're serving our veterans in this community, it's important to recognize the challenges that we have in this community. We we are kind of at the epicenter of some national crisis uh, when it comes to local care for for medical care. Yeah, they discovered here in Arizona. Uh, the problems really with the VA administration. Yeah, it was kind the of hospital. the epicenter. Yeah, the epicenter, and, and so it's uh, it's made a tidal wave across the country. Absol- so absolutely. So continue. Yeah, so that's kind of how the byproduct of what I'm doing now was discovered. I was severely wounded. I got out. I was struggling to get the care that I felt like I needed, and um, before the big news stories broke in the media, I had some deep suspicions that there were so, some things that were chronically wrong with the uh, the current algorithms of care and. And facilities, and God was really pushing me and whispering to my heart to uh, try to find and and do some different things, and it really has kind of evolved from my own personal experience. I I have severe pain pain management issues. I have PTSD. I've had a head injury. I'm kind of the if you will. I have a lot of the signature injuries that are a byproduct from the last 14 years of conflict. And um, what I started doing is realizing that I didn't even know what my new norm was. And I had to try to figure out, besides the medications, what I was dealing with. And I really started looking to my community as a whole. I started realizing that um, I needed to heal physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And that I was only getting fragmented pieces of my healing. And then I quite frankly, I really felt on a core level that a lot of the medications that they were putting me on was adversely affecting my well-being, adversely affecting my mentality because of the head injury that I had and the PTSD issues I had. So I really felt like, uh, you know, I needed to step out and try to find some healthy resources, really realizing that physically I needed to find healthy ways to manage my pain that didn't, that didn't impair my cognitive function. By taking stuff. Yeah, because I had already had a head injury and, you know, you pile a bunch of narcotics on there and it kind of just diminishes whatever you have left. And and I felt like that that wasn't the healthiest way for me. So I felt like I needed to really manage my pain in healthy ways that got me away from some of the medications. I started uh, getting massage therapy and chiropractic care and some cranial sacral work. And I started, you know, healing. I started feeling better and I started realizing that if I did it enough, I could kind of eliminate my long-term pain as a whole and kind of be preventive, you know, uh, proactive versus reactive. Um, I also started realizing that I could do things like yoga and Tai Chi and deep breathing exercises and learn how to calm myself down when I was agitated and irritated. And I also realized that there's a bunch of nonprofits serving the community and outdoor recreational therapies and animal therapies. And then I realized also that we can utilize music and art. And I do all, I was wow. doing all this myself. And, and I was really healing, and, and, and God was showing me different things. Do you, you have a dog? <laughs> I do. I have a service dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, his name's Romeo. Oh, man, Don, he's, they're so wonderful, he's, man. He's a great friend. But um, then I was really compelled uh, when I started healing to kind of share that. And uh, I can talk to you when we come back um, on the different ways that we've done that in Honor House. Yeah, well, uh, we've got, uh, let's see, we've got about a minute here uh, before we take a break. Is that right? Am I right on that one minute? 
And uh, we're, we're talking with Brian Mancini, who has an amazing story. Uh, he is uh, a recovering Army veteran. Uh, he was uh, in, the, in the military for many years and was severely wounded in Iraq. And uh, we're going to come back after the break and talk to him some more about his experiences and what he's doing to help veterans because he's an example of someone who's looked at themselves and said, I can't, I can't just help myself by helping myself. I've got to help others. We'll be back in just a minute.